Some of you guys have been waiting for this message for a long time on grace. Is that a guy, will he ever preach on grace? I know, you've been saying it to yourself. Tonight, I'm preaching on grace. This pursuit of God that you feel in your inner being isn't an accident. It is deliberate. It is intentional. It is for purpose. It is this that your life has been destined to revolve around. It is this God-given desire. Why we try to wrestle it out, why we try to argue against it, why we try to debate against it, rationalize it, it is a God-instilled desire. What will you do with it? There is a tug-of-war within your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. The enemy wants your affections. The Spirit of God is drawing us to Him. Who will win? Hang on, Sid. Get you guys caught up. <laughs> see, we must run with such compassion that the enemy can't see exactly where we're heading. I'm a constant moving target. A moving target is hard to hit. Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians 9.24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but the one who gets the prize, but only the one who gets the prize, run in such a way to get the prize? See, every part of our being is being drawn into Him. The Bible says in Acts 17.28, in Him we live, move, and have our being. See, when we get into the place that nothing else will do, that's when we will really see Him. When we get so desperate, desperate to be touched by Him, that's when we will get free. Yes, I'm talking about crazy love. Crazy love for Him. It doesn't just stop there. He loves us, but we love Him back. See, that's what that little arrow up and down is. That's what, that's what Francis Chan was talking about. It's a love that we have for Him and a love that He has for us. See, Luke... 10.27 says it like this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And then love your neighbor as yourself. When we get so desperate that we will say as Jacob did, who wrestled with God, I will not let you go until you bless me. That's the encounter that changes this. That's the encounter that changes the dimension that we live in. It's a spiritual dimension. It changes the atmosphere that we walk in, which is His presence. It changes the mindset we abide in. It changes who we are. It changes our name. You know what? In the Old Testament, changing someone's name was a very big deal because you were given that God-given name when you were born. It was given down. It was handed down. So for somebody to have a name change like Jacob, that was something very big. That was the kind of counter that would change that has to take place. People on the outside, even in the church, will not understand. They cannot begin to fathom this love that he has for us and that I have for him. It is indescribable. It is incomprehensible to the natural mind. But to those of the Spirit, they understand. Because I am drawn into Him. Not into church. Not into religion. It's not a list of do's or don'ts. It's not what He can give me or what I can get. It has me be giving. He's already given me everything which is Himself. I want to look like. I want to act like. I want to be like. I want to demonstrate Christ to everyone. Every place I go. I want to be so saturated with the presence of God that people mistake me for Jesus. 
A young man came up to me just the other day. Noah knows what I'm talking about. We were standing right outside here. I had been cleaning around the, the, the place here. And he came up and he walked up to me. And I had arrested him. So I wasn't sure exactly what he wanted to do. I wasn't sure if he wanted to uh, fight or if he wanted to say something else. I was hoping it was on the good side because I didn't have my gun with me. But I was thinking to myself as he walked up, as he walked up, he said, you know what, I just want to tell you that God got a hold of my life 14 months ago. And it was shortly after you arrested me. I want you to know this, that when you arrested me, I knew there was something different about you. I knew there was something that, that wasn't of this world. It was something that, that God had placed within you. That's the kind of God that we want to have in our life. That you know what, when people, it doesn't even matter if we're arresting them, they know that there's something distinct. I told him, Noah can vouch for it. I said, well, I know this, that there's somebody who's standing behind me, so I don't have to be fearful. There are angels that stand all around me. They stand guard on me because God is, he's, he's for me. Amen. See, he is all I long for. He is all I live for. He is all I can think about. He is all I want to talk about. He is all I want to dream about. He's renewing my mind. Why can't I live with one foot in the world? It's because of grace. Why can't I be content with just floating along? It's grace. Why did he, what he, he did inspires me? What he did motivates me? What he did invites me? It delights me? It excites me? I just can't sit in a pew. Why? Because of grace. Why can't I just sit in the pew? you. It's because of grace. Why can't I just simply sing a song and not shout about him? It's grace. Why am I discontent with sin in my life? It's because of grace. I want you to know tonight, it is grace that changes me. It is grace that empowers me. It is this grace within me that says, you know what, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. If we truly know grace, I will tell you this, we would have to tell the world, have you heard about him? Have you seen him? I want to proclaim him to everyone that I come in contact with. See, I can't be quiet. I can't be silent. Have you heard? Have you seen? Have you tasted the goodness of God? It's His grace. Well, I want you just to know this. Some of you would say, well, that's just not my nature. Then I will say to you this tonight. Then change your nature. Let His nature become yours. Let His nature become so indwelling within you that you can't talk about anything but the grace of God that abounds within you. Grace is who motivates me to take this gospel to others, to the lost, to those who are bound, to those who are hurting, to those who are captives. I am His hands and feet. Grace. Grace gets me off the bench and into the game. Grace is what empowers me to go beyond my physical limits and dive into supernatural. Grace is what empowers me to new life. I'm no longer satisfied with where I've been, but I want to go where He is going. Nothing can stop me. Grace. Nothing can hold me down. Grace. Nothing can keep me from Him. His grace. His grace instills righteousness. His grace instills boldness. His grace instills holiness. If your grace allows you to sin freely, you do not know grace. What am I talking about? I'm talking about this. When you see the big G, grace. I'm talking about the one who instituted grace. I'm talking about the provider of grace. I'm talking about the instiller, the fulfiller, the revealer, and the embodiment of grace found in Him. That's what I'm talking about tonight. When we have truly met grace, you cannot sit on the fence. When you have truly met grace, I can't be satisfied with status quo. When you've truly met grace, I owe Him my life. My everything belongs to Him. I am not my own. So I do 
do this. So I get up. I get in. So I hide myself away in him. So I fast. So I pray. So I devour his word every day. Little rhyme there. You like that, huh? Grace. I thought that grace was just this tree that just stood there and didn't do anything. I want you to know that grace is alive. Grace is active. This grace is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. He says he dwells in you. This grace is the same power that possesses, that he possessed, that empowers me. I am made in the same image. I have the mind of Christ. He said, I have the same measure. I can't stay defeated. I can no longer doubt. I can no longer fear. I can't remain in sin. I press on. I must look up. I must give my all because of grace. When, we get, when, when I get into heaven, on that first thousand years, I want you to know this. After we've been there for that first millennium, we're going to look back and we're going to say, how silly was it that I spent all that time fretting and worrying and doubt and fear and all these things and wondering what I needed to do in the physical because the Bible says this, that this life is just but a vapor. It's going to disappear. It's a mist. And we're going to look back on that first thousand years and we're going to say, why was I so concerned about that foolishness? God says, listen, I have given you my grace. See, this is the thing. He is the mystery. He is the revelation. He is the most powerful, most beautiful, most dangerous being in and out of this universe. I marvel at Him. I stand in awe of Him. All I can do is stare at Him. Have you met Him? My jaw drops. My hands sweat. My body tingles. It is Him. The one I've longed for. I've hoped for. I've lived for. I've spent my life. I desperately love Him. I want to fall in love with grace. Give this grace. This grace is our everything. Do I sin? Yes. Do I stay there? No. Do I abide there? No. Do I continue in it? By all means, no. I strive for holiness. I stretch for godliness. I reach for righteousness. All because of His grace. Do you understand what I'm telling you tonight? See, you, you see, Jesus says this. Yes, I saw you sin. I heard what you said. I saw how you were talking. I saw how you did those things. But if you choose to turn away and repent, He says, what? Grace. He loves me. He says, Grace, I forgive you. Yes, yes, it's His grace. You know what? All we have to do, the Bible says, is turn and repent. You know, there's times in our life when we get to go make things right. When we've done things wrong against our brother and our sister. We need to go make those things right. Ask for forgiveness. You know, there's things that we've said that have hurt people. There's things that we've said that have de degraded the kingdom of God. Those things we need to go ask God to for forgive us for. But in the midst of everything then, His grace is sufficient. John 15.4 says, Abide in me and I will abide in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Grace. You want to be free? Clothe yourself with His presence. You want to be free? Buffer yourself with the worship of God. You want to be free? Feed yourself on His Word. And stay there. Remain there. Abide there. Don't ever leave there. The Greek word is meno, and it means just that. Stay. Abide. Remain. Don't take captive every thought. Don't linger around sin. In your mind or in your body. Don't stay in that place. Don't let good company corrupt good character. The Bible says that we have nothing to do with ungodliness. The fruitless deeds of darkness we are supposed to, to keep them away from us. 1 Corinthians 15.33 Bad company corrupts good character. But they are my friend. You don't understand. Don't wonder them why you're attacked. Don't, under, don't wonder why you're not free. Because if you, if you yoke yourself up with 
with unbelievers, I'm going to tell you you're going to reap a harvest of the world. When, it, when that thought comes in, grab it. When it tries to stick around, those invading thoughts, force it out. Battle it against it. Connie, come here. Get violent and in, with those intrusive thoughts. Okay, <clears throat> what happened the other day is I've struggled um, for many, many years with I feel is a critical spirit. And so, as I think a lot of people do. And so I would always pray, Lord, you know, I just don't want that. Take it away from me, take it away from me. Well, the other morning, something came to my, my mind, and I immediately caught that as that critical spirit again. And I finally said, enough is enough. And I was, I was going to my prayer time and going into the Word, and I'm going to just tell you, I got so upset, I thought, I am no longer going to put up with this critical spirit in my life. And I mean, it was critical about different little silly things. And it was just, and that's not me, that's not my heart, but it was like this, these thoughts come up in my mind, I'm like, oh, you know, whatever. So <clears throat> what I did was I just, I just went and I, I, first of all, gave that critical spirit an eviction notice. And I said, you will no longer, absolutely not, be in my life. I yank you out from the root. I repented, I, for, I asked the Lord to forgive me, and I actually evicted that critical spirit. I told it to leave, I rebuked it, I bound it, I sent it to the feet of Jesus for judgment. I said, don't you even know more know how. And I'm telling you, the peace of God came over me, and I haven't been struggling with a critical spirit. And I think there are some times where we have to, you know, call it for what it is. Even Christians can have, have, have these spirits that attach themselves to us. Mine happened to be a critical spirit, and I was sick of it. It did not go in line with my, my, my mind, my will, or emotion emotions of the spirit of God within me and it was always this battle and so I'm not going to battle anymore I dug it out got rid of it Amen. my wife told me she says you know what if you'd have been around the house it would have been violent it was violence in the house because you know what she said I'm taking captive this that's what you guys have to do quit being overrun by the enemy take captive those thoughts to the obedience of Christ cast down those imaginations you know what when that invading thought comes in you know what I know what happens every time I walk out of this room I'll drive on the way home and the enemy says what did you think you did any good you know what I'm going to say yes I did you know why because I can do all things to Christ that strengthens me you know what don't let the invading thoughts of the enemy those critical thoughts or whatever it may be dissuade you from who you are in Jesus When it comes in, grab it. If it tries to stick around, force it out. Take battle against it. See, if we let these things linger around in our lives, it'll make a home. Well, you know what? Some of us go, well, you know what? I like the way it makes me feel. It makes me feel comfortable. I feel protected when I do that. When I get critical, I feel good. See, then it has you. See, I want grace to have me. I want grace with the big G, to possess me. If a thief came into your house and started taking all your stuff, would you just sit on the couch and let him waltz right in and come back and forth? No! We'd get up and we'd confront him, wouldn't we? Some of us wouldn't. Some of us would lay there until he took our TV. Then we'd get mad because that's the only thing that would bother us. But see, God wants us to do this. In James 4, 7, he says, Submit to God and resist the devil and he will free, f flee from you. I belong to Christ. You can't come in here and steal my victory. You cannot come in here and manipulate my mind. You cannot come into my house and have your way with me or my children or my family. I am free in Christ. I belong to Christ. Isaiah 59, 19, it says this, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Now I want you to know this is not a correct translation. What it actually should say is this. When the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, 
The Lord will raise up a standard against it. The Lord is the flood. The, the, the flood that comes from Him. He says it like this in the NIV. For He will come like a pent up flood. That will The breath of the Lord that drives along. He will come like a rushing stream. Which the wind of the Lord drives. Is the New American Standard. The Living Bible says it like this. For He will come like a raging flood. Tide. Driven by the breath of the Lord. What I want you to understand tonight. See too many times. We were giving all the glory to the enemy. When the enemy comes in like a flood. No, what he's saying is this. When the enemy comes in, I will tell you this. I will come in like a flood. I will overtake you. I will come in. The Spirit of God will come in and I will overtake these, this situation, not the enemy. Don't let the enemy be the one that grabs a hold of you. God wants all of us. Tonight, Craig said it at the beginning. He came up to me and he says, you know, the one thing we, you continue to say over and over again, the one thing I, I know from Ignite is this. That complete surrender. That complete surrender to Him. That's where God, that's where God, He can work with that. Let go of those things that keep you pent up. Let the flood of the Lord begin to drive, begin to drive that wind that blows upon our lives. Michael, I want you to know something tonight. Michael, would you just stand for one second? He's only been gone a couple of weeks, but I want you to know tonight, the Lord shared with me. He says, I delight in you. He says, I delight in you, Michael. And though everybody around you isn't going to understand it and they aren't going to see it. I want you to know that I delight in you. And I don't want you to worry about whether your wife will come along or not. She is coming along. I want you to know that you stand up and be the man of God that God's called you to be. And I want you to know she will embrace it. She will love it. You know what? Don't worry about whether who's coming with you. Don't worry about your family. The Spirit of God says, listen, I delight in you. I want you to know that that's the word of the Lord. You can sit down, Michael. That is the word of the Lord for all of us. God delights in us. God delights in you tonight. Do not hold back. Don't hold back. The Lord showed me your wife will come along as you stand up and you become that man of God. She is going to be, she's going to, she can't help but come along. She is going to, she's, what's her name? Tess. Tess, she's going to come along. I'm going to tell you right now. She is going to come along. The Spirit of God is going to enable her, empower as she sees the Spirit of God in your life. Tonight, as we close, I just want you guys to know, listen, we don't do this to go through motions. We don't do this as, as, as just a ritual. We do this because, you know what? I pursue God with all my heart, soul, and mind. I'm telling you right now, there are churches in the world that they do not believe. That, that first scripture I talked about, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. What does that mean? It means, you know what, I have everything. I, that, that's the kind of position, that's crazy love. I know this world doesn't understand it. Your friends won't understand it. Your family won't understand that kind of crazy love. But I'm talking about a kind of crazy love. If He loves us that much, how much more should we love Him? God wants us. He's calling us. He's beckoning us. He put that in us. I want you to know, don't try to rationalize it out of your life. That hunger that God's putting in there, that thirst that God's putting in there, it is, it is designed for you so that you will come after Him with all your heart.
something tonight that makes you uncomfortable. Just begin to sing out to the Lord. Don't worry about who's around you. If you're uncomfortable, come up forward where nobody can hear you. Shout at the wall if you have to. I want you tonight just to get in the presence of God. I want you just to get into that place where nobody else around you matters. I want you to have crazy love tonight. I want you to have crazy love for Jesus. Crazy love for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want you to know He's worth it tonight, God. He's worth it tonight, guys. I want to stare at Him. All I can do is think about him all i can do is dream about him let that presence of god right now just fill you right now in the name of jesus